Hi Rachel, what are you doing? I'm just finishing episode 26 of my Lessons from Lost podcast. And who are you talking to this week? A lovely lady called Jude Hill. And what's her story? Well, it's about how she lost her son, aged four, to cancer many years ago. How she then discovered energy work many years later, which was really with the turning point in how she was dealing with the loss. That's a very sad story. Does the porcupine make an appearance? No, but Jude's dog and his squeaky toy does, so I do apologise in advance for some of the noise interference during this interview. Let's have a listen then. Hello and welcome to Lessons from Loss, the podcast in which we share our experiences of loss and more importantly what we learn from them. I'm your host Rachel Smith and each episode I chat with a different guest about their experience. Before we start I want to acknowledge the courage and vulnerability of all my guests in sharing their stories and also the impact on you listening. Please look after yourself. This week I'm delighted to be chatting with Jude Hill, author of Sadness to Sunshine, a compassionate guide for bereaved parents. Jude lost her four-year-old son Adam to cancer back in 1992 and the book is a compilation of all that she learnt along her own journey of loss. She now helps others who have lost someone special, not only through her book but her membership programme called Life After Loss. Welcome Jude. Hello Rachel, lovely to be here. Oh thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm I'm really interested to hear about your experiences and you know how you now help other people as well. So losing a child is absolutely devastating in its own right, but your loss was then layered on top with the loss of your parents sort of quite a short time afterwards. And you know, you were a younger Jude back then and there wasn't the accessibility that there is now to sort of a wider online support mm. and community um, of people who are experiencing a similar kind of loss. So that must have been really hard to have navigated your way through that. So perhaps that's a good place to start. You know, how, how were you coping with things at that time? It, it was hard, yeah, there wasn't really support out there. I mean, I couldn't really talk to anyone in great depth. None of my friends at that time had had children, so they weren't even a mother, let alone try and imagine what it would be like to lose your child sort of thing. They were really good. They, you know, I was 24 when I lost him, so they were going through the fact, oh, God, we don't want you stuck in the flat on their own at the weekend. So they sort of dragged me out and did the normal things that 24-year-olds did. But obviously I used the alcohol to just numb myself really and although I went out and on the outwards people probably thought I was fine or whatever you know I went back to work but that was just another distraction I told people like not to ask me because I knew that as soon as someone said something I would have broken down but I could just about put that mask on just do my job and focus on that and then it was time where I wasn't focusing on the one obvious although obviously inside it's eating away at you and then the same at the weekends I was going out with them and it was all used as a distraction and and not really dealing with it and I think that's sometimes the way a lot of people just in the British culture in particular we we don't like to talk about grief and you feel uncomfortable and that was the reason why I didn't want to share it the depths of my pain too much with others because I didn't want to bring them down sort of thing you know I thought they won't want to keep hearing about that and it's a lot of stories I hear with the people I work with now where 
they're not getting the support from the people around them because they they just don't know what to do to to get them through you know that's where you do need someone that really understands it to help and support you yeah it yeah there is that sort of awkwardness yeah about it isn't it i suppose <clears throat> we are you know as a as a um culture we're not we're not great at sharing emotions and certainly not then those more difficult challenging yeah. emotions of grief yeah and i can really relate to that kind of just um, I suppose pushing the emotions down yeah. I mean that was a, a similar experience that, that I went I kind of likened it to, um, to just sort of building up this sort of concrete cage around me and I was just stuffing it stuffing it all down and in so, what I've, sorry I was going to say yeah, what I've learned now in you know energy work is is how I've helped to come through my grief when it surfaced years later and that is that you know it all helps so the more you push down those emotions you'll just damaging yourself on the inside so that's why a lot of people suffering a major loss like loss of a child or parents or something like that inwardly and then it turns to illnesses so it's what's known as disease within the body so you know you're holding all that inside and it, it's it's got to go somewhere so energetically it affects you know your mental physical and emotional health was discovering or learning about that then the turning point for you that was the catalyst yeah so just to go back for a moment so obviously I lost Adam and then a few months before what would have been the second anniversary of his death my mum literally phoned me up at work and said your dad's dead just those three words oh and just like she'd said what do you want for tea or something and I sort of remember now like standing holding the phone like what like he hadn't been ill or anything he, he just suddenly had a heart attack um, and luckily he was parked up at the time but yeah he used to be a lorry driver so he was doing a trip for his old firm and helping them out and he'd literally gone back in the, the cab to get another parcel out and literally had a sudden fatal heart attack then and then my mum had been ill part of the time when Adam was going through his cancer with kidney issues and it was that that I lost her 18 months later so yeah 24 when I lost my son 26 when I lost my dad and 28 when I lost my parents so you do just feel totally alone then because you you know that they would be the other people you would go to for support and then obviously there's all the things later in life like later when I got married and they couldn't be there at my wedding and all sorts of things like that but yeah you just think that they're going to be there for a big chunk of your life and they're not but I just sort of I was one of those like a <laughs> typical British stiff upper lip just get on with it and do it but I didn't even it's only now looking back that I can see how much damage it was doing inside and then even uh, a few years later I had another son and for the benefit of them children I, I again I was putting on a brave face so to them I was going to the grave and you know they always knew about their brother and um, their other nan and granddad that they never met and trying to be and it was all quite normal for them but inside even then I was just suffering I didn't really I wanted to be there because I was trying to feel close to Adam but now I've got a totally different reflection on it that you don't need to be at that place if going to that place comforts you then that's fine but it's just really going within yourself and connecting with the person that you've lost. I guess at that time you didn't know any different because you were just trying to feel your own way through it and, and maybe not knowing anybody else who had been through 
crikey, not only the loss of a child, but then loss of a pet, you know, any, any one of those things on its own at the young age of 24, 26, 28 is a, is a massive thing. But yeah. to have all of those, I mean, what's just sort of running through my mind is that you lost Adam at 24 and your dad at 26, your mum at 28. Was there an element of then thinking, crikey, what's going to happen when I'm 30? I'm trying to think now whether that would have been... Because, yeah, no, it would have been a little bit longer than that. So I so I had another son, and then I actually had a miscarriage at 13 weeks with what would have been my third baby as well. And that baby would have been due around Nathan's birthday. He's my second son. So there's always that even slight bittersweet with his birthday of, you know, the other child would have been there as as well and then I went on to have another son afterwards but yeah it's all different I was trying to think whether that matched to 30 but not quite but I think I was always somehow I had some sort of bit of inner positivity which is what I try and share with others now you know and at the time I did that thing you know it's not great to compare losses and things but I did think oh at least it's not that sort of thing, you know. I think there always is a worst case scenario. Sometimes you think you're suffering, and then randomly you speak to someone else, and you think, "Oh my God, you know, <laughs> not not so much sort of thing." But uh, so yeah, I was I was always like that. I think there was always some inner spark within me, and I think the other thing as well, which I didn't realise at the time, but now I think it was more soul-led, was I thought, well, Adam couldn't live, so I pushed myself to go on to live. For him, you know, I would gladly swap places had it been possible at the time, you know, even years later and that sort of thing. But, uh, um, yeah, it it was just he couldn't live. So if I just sort of died and, you know, wallowed in my grief or went into my shower and didn't try and get out there and live life and that sort of thing. So I've always tried to come across like that. So it was just, again, I think that's down to your energy and your soul connection within it. It wasn't until later when my grief resurfaced and came out in a big way back in 2016 that all the pieces fell in together with all the things I've learned since then around energy healing and complicated grief. And You kind of were just finding your own way through it then obviously for, for many, many years. Yeah. And then 2016 was when things all came together. So... Had you, had you just found your way through and doing the best that you could until that point? So sort of what happened in 2016? Well, at that point, I think I generally thought I had put it behind me because it was some 20 plus years at, at that time sort of thing. So as much as you do, but some of it was still buried within me. And then um, I was actually on another course for my social media business, which is what I was doing at the time and uh, a public speaking course. And it was a video that the lady played about that about getting emotions across and it was about a dad knowing that he was going to lose his child and the child was happily playing out in the garden and he was looking at outside and you know it seems a bit crazy now it was just about emotions but it just tipped me over the edge and some people in the room knew me relatively well through networking and you're right Jude you know it's sad but it's and then it all sort of came out through the snuffs of tears and that Yes, but, you know, I lost my son to cancer and everyone realised it really touched a note. But even then, I remember the um, lady that was running it saying at the end, she said, oh, maybe you need to go and seek help. And I was like, no, I'm all right. You know, it was 20 odd years ago. I've I've been fine. (laughs) That proverbial word since then. I've been able to talk to my 
children about him without you know being a mess and you know again but it was all there was still always that bit of bravado behind it I hadn't really dealt with some of those inner thoughts and I think there's a lot of people like that that are walking around and don't realize that they are still suffering from grief or the loss of someone you know it may have been like me where it was many years ago but even if they're you know now as I look back I can see I was only sort of 50% living my life at the time then whereas now having done all the work and released all of that that's inside me now living life yeah every day is not wonderful we still have issues and things but uh, um, yeah on the whole I'm, I'm living at a much higher vibration as, as I would call it now in the uh, energy terms yeah because when you're when you're in the thick of it and you, you think you're coping you believe you're coping and yes you are you're not aware of how much better you then could be I guess when you're when you're when you're in the thick of it all that's it yeah you you don't know what to compare it to and then because even then I still pushed it back down at that I sort of sat back on the box of mm. things and thought now I'm fine and carried on for the next few months and then it was when I was at another event later that year based around uh, energy healing but that was more supposed to be sort of focused on your business but because it, it's for solo entrepreneurs it was you as your business so personal stuff came out again and obviously the the grief all resurfaced there and you know that was when it suggested because they'd worked with me on releasing some of the main issues of the sadness and the trauma I'd been holding on to for over 20 years at that point and you know you just do feel so much more lighter in that moment and then it was sort of suggested you know or maybe you could help others and that was where the the little seed of then going on to write the book and um, start working with others to help them with what I've learned and since then I've done a lot more training on various techniques and then now it, even then it then took me to go back and look at the grief of my dad and my mum because back then I didn't really deal with them I'd, I'd had you know again not to try and compare but you know I'd had the worst loss really so you know there was a little of me at the time thought well at least his granddad's up there and you know he can look after him now not that I was majorly religious or believed in heaven as such then but it was just that little thing of comfort that puts you back on that road and makes you think and then the same when I went with mum you know I thought oh you know he's got both of them there now looking after him so you know I'd sort of put it in that box compartmentalized it like that so yeah you know it was just another way of of getting through but when it came out like that and then I thought oh you know there's just so much I've got to help people so in other things I've gone back and I've actually looked at oh no I was in complicated grief and looked at the the loss of my dad and my mum and how that affected me as well so then I thought oh I've got was when I decided to broaden it and wanted to do the start up the life after loss community to really help anyone that was suffering so that we can compare losses and they're different there's so many similarities and um, yeah that was what I wanted to do then yes yeah so just for the benefit of the listeners I will say that squeaking noise is is Jude's dog who's <laughs> in the background we tried to shut him out but he was barking so we decided to let him in hopefully we did give us... oh. <laughs> yeah. never work with children and children and animals you've mentioned a couple of times about complicated grief and I wonder whether you can just sort of explain that term so I think it's where you have the, in my case obviously it's the multiple losses so it's one loss of another but it can happen even if you just have one bereavement loss because of the 
level you're at, you know, you're so anxious or something, you can't return to work, then that knock-on effect where people then lose their job. So, you know, you've, you've got to grieve that as well. And, you know, I think to a degree with any major loss, you often lose a part of the future that you'd imagine, whether it was obviously the future of me being a mother to the child, in my parents' case, you know, them being at later events like weddings and in your head you've put this whole together of what you're going to do, taken away before you've had a chance to do that. So it just builds up and adds on and adds on to the stress and the issue. So again, it's uncovering all those layers, which is what the energy work is very good at as well, because randomly one thing will suddenly lead to another. It just sort of comes out, but it tends to come out at the right time. So tell us a little bit about the the energy work I mean I have a, a small amount of understanding around it so um, yeah a lot of the work I did is just around the chakras so you know starting off your chakra which is your baseline for safety and security so this one there you know when you lose you know a person really important to you take the safety that you had in the world and that again helps you not function or you know another real obvious one is the heart chakra and that you know people talk about being broken hearted and you know a lot of the parents say you know way well, I can hear or sometimes you know they try and move on and do things for their other children and live life but it, I think it was like me you know they're living some of you know 50% of the life that they could be living they're not living that 100% because they haven't let go of it's that sort of thing burying the grief within you then that's what the energy techniques help you release and, you know, emotions that you weren't aware of. You know, some you may be aware of, some you may not be aware of. So how do the energy techniques work? I mean, maybe that's not not something that is, it's not an easy thing, I would imagine, to be able to explain. So it's it's just really releasing anything that you're holding on to, where it's, you know, general it's like the sadness and the trauma or specific things that come out of there, you know, with a lot of the parents I work with, um, they virtually have like a PTSD issue over remembering, you know, things that have happened in the hospital or if their child had died in an accident or whoever they've loved had, had died in an accident. Your mind just automatically tends to go to relive those ones, whereas with energy healing techniques I work with, you can rewire your brain. You're not going to that. Pictures of Adam, I used to look at it, it was at Waxworks when he was poorly, when near the end, when we went and I stayed up with a friend of mine. When I first used to look at that photo, I used to just see how ill he was and, mm. you know, how faint he looked when I was holding him in my arms. Whereas now, I can remember how much he loved that day, you know, but he thought he was standing with his uh, hero Batman sort of thing. So, you know, it, it just turns the perspective that you're able to look at those things from as well. It takes the... You know, you can still remember those situations, like you might still think back to the time when, you know, whoever was in hospital, or think back to the accident, but it just takes out that energetic charge of, you know, that real nightmare and gut-wrenching when, you know, it goes to your heart and, and just opens it up like that. That's another way as well, so it's not moving through your griefs and forgetting the person that's gone, it's moving through your grief, being able to talk about them more. I used to talk about Adam with my other children and I'd hidden it through them, even then it was still masked, it wasn't quite a full expression, it was like, oh I don't want them to be upset so I'm going to talk about all the niceties and you know, yeah it was lovely in the trip that we had here and yeah it was always overshadowing that or just think that you know, you're never going to be happy again sort of thing, you know, even though there was a certain level of happiness with 
my other children there it, it was always masked because I'd always got held that internally within it but you know now it's not if you let go of them heavy feelings you know you can truly get to that point of being happy and fully enjoying life is there an element also of allowing yourself permission to be happy yeah yeah again yeah I think there's there's a lot of guilt with that you know you think oh you, you definitely feel I think whoever you lose you feel guilty for still being here it's that thing you know even if you know logic says or anything you could do you know you did everything you still just think that you just feel guilty for being there so yeah that the guilt is a, a big one the release yeah absolutely what's sort of been your biggest learning through all of this what are the lessons that you've learned i suppose particularly maybe connected with the energy work yeah yeah it, it is around that i mean that was definitely the the game change it's more something you've got to experience yeah it's it's just releasing all that heaviness from your body you know there's one of the images that goes around quite often of the brief mothers where there's all like rocks inside of them or they're carrying this big rucksack that, that's got rocks on them that's weighing them down so it is, it's literally just lifting that away before in the early days I used to visit the grave a lot you know I was trying to be near him and you know that was to my mind then that was where he was so you know that was why I'd repeatedly go whereas now I can just sit quietly connect with him you know you've got that inner peace obviously you're still sad and you know you wish that they hadn't died but you're at peace with that aspect of it and you know you can connect to them and it's part of what I do in the membership as well get people to write letters and journal you know journal the bad thoughts out the negative side of things from that but also to write love letters and, and still form that connection with them and if you're feeling more stable and balanced yourself then you're able to share about the loved one whoever it was and then it's not in that way where others feel uncomfortable or you know back in the day where I didn't share with my friends because it was a bad thing now I can about him more openly and so yeah did you remember the time we had down at Ramsgate with him or one of my friends come to Disneyland Paris with me when uh, we knew that he was terminal his last uh, hurrah so you know I can talk about funny things that happened on that trip yeah so I suppose it's more it takes away the need to have that physical connection because you've got it in a in a deeper connected way yeah I can really relate to the um, writing a letter I mean I I so my husband passed away 22 years ago now our daughter was six at the time so I just I've, I've got to carry on living and I and I knew that that was what her dad wanted so but I kind of um, you know threw myself back into life and and didn't grieve for a number of years and and then it caught up with me and I did grieve but it was only just last actually the beginning of this year that I just kind of felt a need to have a connection with him and 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 somebody suggested writing a letter so I sat down one morning and I probably took me about I don't know, about two hours or so and I just wrote a letter of everything that I wanted to say that I hadn't been able to say when he was st still alive for, for whatever reason but also to you know to talk about the things that had gone on since and and everything and you know it was it was a letter, you know, there was lots of different things came out in the letter, you know, there was a bit of anger, there was guilt, there was shame, but, you know, also a huge amount of love as well, and just sort of recollecting, you know, the love that we had between us. So I, I couldn't believe how 
cathartic that was. After, whilst I was doing it and afterwards, I sobbed for I'm proper, proper, like, exhausting sobbing for an hour afterwards. But, wow, felt so much better, so much, you know, that lightness mm. that you were talking about with the energy work. It was... And that's another thing with crying. It's another form of release, you know, in it's like, oh, no, we're making other people feel uncomfortable or do it on your own after you've done a thing like that. That is actually another way where it's energetically coming out of your system. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was a real kind of like, real stomach rolling sobbing type thing, yeah. and and I do yeah, and it is that cry because often you know before when I've cried, it's just you know tears well up and you just cry, mm. but you don't get that real sobbing, and I yeah, and is it so? Is it that's is it the sobbing that helps then really release the energy? Yeah, it's 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 just another form of release, like with the work I do when I'm releasing particular things, so anger or guilt for someone or whatever it is and that sort of thing. I One of the common things, and I always have to explain this away when I'm working, is I yawn. So, you know, I remember back to that first workshop when I was on and the lady said, oh, if you see me yawning, I'm not, like, bored with it. It's it's just another way where you're basically taking on their energy and in, in, in the work that you're doing, you're helping them release sort of thing. And it's, it's one of my major things now when I'm working with people. It's quite difficult sometimes. I remember I had a big case a while ago and I could barely get the words out of what I was trying to get them to, to follow and go through because the yawning was just overtaking it. But that energy was coming out. So, yeah, it's it's whatever the you have as the energetic release. It just shows that it's moving through your body and, and processing. Oh wow, I never knew that about yawning. <laughs> I thought that was, and thinking about it as well, there have been periods of my life where I have been an incessant yawner mm. and I just put that down to me being tired or, I don't know, dehydrated or yeah. not having enough fresh air in, but okay, so that was actually energy releasing going on. Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. It's very interesting. So within your membership programme, how does that work? So it's it's going to start up, so there can be two calls per month, so basically people can gather, So um, and that can be either if people have got questions on technique or something that I've shared in the membership that just they're not clear of, then they can ask questions on there. Or we'll just free flow what's the, the people's issues today because I often find that in groups as well you know although the losses can be different you know you'll find that oh at that point you know you're all feeling that that guilt or you might be releasing mm. the guilt for one person that you're working with and the group's holding space but you're getting that secondary thing where they're actually releasing theirs as well and then all the recordings are in there for people to go back to so there's ones where people could just listen to the healing meditations to release the common things like guilt and anger and then um, there's other places where I'll talk them through journaling exercises and things as well so whether it's the journaling type to actually get it out of you of you know how angry you feel about the situation or whatever and then you know there's other times connection rituals as well where you know you're writing that letter of love to the person that you've lost so there's a whole manner of things for all different aspects within it. And it is, I mean, that's what I'm finding with doing this podcast is that, you know, obviously it's all about loss, mm. but it's, there's so many different forms of loss, but then there are those 
common themes or qualities that the majority of people experience, but just in a slightly different context, you know, in their own individual experience. Mm. And then bringing together the lessons is then part of, well, actually, these are all the different strategies, if you like, that you might just want to, to try mm. doing. And it's not necessarily that, well, if it's this, it's this sort of loss, you have to do this kind of thing. It's that, it's that finding your own, mm. your own way through it, but being able to, to just be open to just so many different ways in which you can, you can approach it. That's it, yeah. Oh, that membership sounds like that's going to be so useful for people. And then there's a community as well, because that's one of the things I found when I, because obviously social media and that help wasn't around when I lost Adam and, mm. you know, the years preceding where I might have looked for something like that. And then I thought I was through it by the time I did. But when I first started researching into things like that, especially in the parent loss group, I found that there wasn't very much for any sort of positive to move forward it's it was a place where they could outlet and to a degree they could out some of the ways that they're feeling you know and the anger and that but there wasn't anything in those groups where they could actually process it and actually work through it it was just that cycle of being repeated and yeah. just being shared and you know then it just comes up again which which was where I differ and it's not that sort of false positivity like a bit of what I used in the, the beginning with myself and that is I would just you know put on that happy face and smile it's not that but it's okay what are these bad feelings let's get them out and then what can we replace them with as well so it really is that transformative process oh yeah that sounds fantastic because you're right so right you know there are a lot of community online communities around grief but it's very I have explored some of them myself but so many mm. of them you're just and and I uh, and I've had to come out of them because mm. you you're then just in this echo chamber of of yeah. grief and loss so yeah so refreshing then to for you to be building this community where actually it's like yes it is a place where you can you know, obviously we're going to be looking at grief and loss but actually we're looking at how how you know how can you how can you move through it so that you can live the loss will always be there that connection with the person will always be there but so that you can I suppose have it mm. as in a much more positive way that you can live live your life fully that's it and in long term I'm I'm looking at it as well where people that have been through it will maybe still stay because you know there are times when grief resurfaces you know you've got the obvious one when it's you know yet another anniversary or another Christmas without that person or something so they may have the need to dip in and get a bit of help then or they can actually say yeah I went through this or, or I was suffering that and you know this meditation really helps so you know that that's how I see it growing as well where people can actually help and they want to stay and be supported and you know there'll be bits in there as well for you know what else can you do afterwards and that and you know I want to do there's going to be like a podcast list in there as well so I should put you on that as well where uh, you know people can go and and listen to ones like that where you know it might just be others that have suffered but some are doing things as well after that and just how they've managed to get through it so that makes you just feel that you're not so alone because you know that's the thing you do feel really isolated quite often that the only one that's that's suffering like that yeah definitely and I really like that be open for people who are 
many years sort of after their loss because if there's one thing that I've learned is that mm. the grief isn't done it just becomes a, a, a much smaller 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 part of your life but it can come back and mm. and um, you know give you a, yeah. a prod every now and again to go yeah you know it's <laughs> this was still something that you went through in your life and it's it's still there but it I suppose that's as time goes on it just becomes a, a smaller and smaller part but yeah I, I I don't think that it ever truly get over it to the point where you'd never affected it's just the a small mm. amount or you're affected in a different way and certainly I guess if you can do that energy work that you offer then the impact is then less of a less negative but actually becomes maybe more of a I don't know, a, a joyful or a happy or a, mm. a place where you can... Yeah, because that, that's a lot of people. They say, you know, I want to think back about my child, but then their their mind, you know, which is typical, just takes them back to the bad places of, you know, when they was in hospital. Or they might have had 20 years up to when they had the car accident, but all the place their mind wants to go to is, oh, when their son was, was in the accident, you know, so it's once you can get rid of the the trauma and everything that's that's locked onto that memory there then you can get back to those those other places you know and that's when people are happy to hear you share of that as well and you know it's a way of, of it brings the energy of that person through as well you know some of me feels guilty in the past of you know i did talk about adam with the boys and not with everyone else you know when this all came out then even quite a few friends that I was relatively close to that I'd met you know later in life was like oh I didn't know to me it was just because it was past you know and you don't introduce yourself and say oh hi I'm Jude and you know I lost a, a son yeah. and that sort of thing you know people yeah, that yeah. were around at the time so yeah a lot of people were quite shocked when it, it came out and that sort of thing and you know there's there's all these people walking that again have got that within them and aren't fully living their life and you know they're the ones I want to help as well. So how do people get in contact with you? So my website is sadness2sunshine.com. It's all on there and there's a link um, to there if they want to join the Life After Loss community as well. I'm also on Facebook as Sadness to Sunshine, but don't currently do so much on there at the moment. But uh, yeah, so just sadness2sunshine.com. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And I'm so glad that you were able to go on those workshops back in 2016 which introduced you to the power of energy and and what you can do to transform your life through it and absolutely delighted that you're now going out and sharing that with other people to to help them process and and work through everything as well so that they can have joy in their life sunshine in their lives yeah again <laughs> after it. loss Oh, thank you so much, Jude. You're welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Jude, for sharing your experiences and your wisdom of using energy work to disperse all those unwanted emotions around grief that then enables people to lead a full life alongside that loss. Your dog must have found it really calming as he eventually settled down, which was really good. The membership community sounds a wonderful resource. Please check out Sadness to Sunshine if you think it might help you or someone that you know. Thank you to those who support me in the production of this podcast. To Jamie Farrell for the beautiful music. Good luck with your post-grad interviews. And finally, to you, the listener. Please share, like, comment as it helps others find it. 
I really am so grateful for you tuning in. I'll be back soon with another lesson from Lost.